On your Thursday episode of Locked On Raptors, we play another classic round of what's more likely everybody's favorite Locked On Raptors parlor game. We've got three questions related to the Raptors offseason, their coaching search, whether or not they're going to bring back their core guys. And here to answer those questions is our pal Jamar Hines from Raptors Republic and TSN. Let's get to it on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. I can't find the button to press. There it is. Let's go. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first time of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that cabbage out of here. What's going on? And welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Thursday, May the 18th, and I'm host Sean Woodley. I'm covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can follow the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors. You can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast apps for the low, low price of on the house and of course you can go to youtube if you want to see the video version of the show each day come hang out get into the comment section yesterday's comment section was overrun by angry portland trailblazers fans as in a preview of the next month and a half i fear uh but if you want to get on in there talk about whatever is going on in a given episode the locked on raptors youtube channel is there for you to subscribe to hit the big red subscribe button and support the shows we got plenty of coverage going up to the draft fake trades all that good stuff that everybody loves in the off season because guess what sports Yes, they're partly about on-the-court stuff that that happens in the games on TV, but mostly it's about transactions, and we will have you covered that on that front for the next little while here on the show. So please go support. Uh, also, Lockdown Raptors Discord server. We got a great little community fil- building over there, so join at the link in the description of the podcast to come hang out in the Lockdown Raptors Discord with a bunch of sickos who are just flying around with the fake trades, dropping insane takes. Mailbag questions are, are asked in there now as well, so all sorts of of good reasons to be in there. We're also talking about Zelda, which is a game that's totally consuming my life. If you are like me and that's happened to you, come and hang out at the Lockdown Raptors Discord server. All right, let's get to it. We're playing What's More Likely today, everyone's favorite Lockdown Raptors parlor game. And we've got other parlor games that are fun too, but this one seems to be kind of a hit whenever we decide to play it. So we're going to do it again. And here to play is Jamar Hines of Raptors Republic. Jamar, how the hell's it going, man? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Zelda, is it a new game? Yeah, Tears of the Kingdom, the long-awaited okay. sequel to Breath of the Wild, six years, and somehow they made Breath of the Wild almost obsolete because it's so bloody good and expansive and just uh, incredible. So okay. if you ever are looking for me, that's usually where I'll be uh, <laughs> in the next six months or so. Um, by the way, you're a Denver Nuggets fan in addition yep. to your Raptors fandom. Uh, how you feeling about the old Nuggets? They're uh, they're pretty awesome. They're, of course, the official team of the podcast right now as well. We love Nikola Jokic, et cetera, et cetera. How you feeling about them Nuggets going into Game Two against the Lakers tonight? I feel great. Game Two is going to be big. Um, <laughs> you know, Lakers made an adjustment at, at Game One. Nuggets didn't really counter that, but maybe that was strategic so that it wouldn't be on tape. So you mm. know, a lot of chess piece moving, and yeah, I think they're going to go the whole way, but we'll see. Yeah, I, uh, I I think they're just everyone's sleeping on the Nuggets being just so obviously the best team in the league, slapping you in the face with how much they're the best team in the league. But still, it's like, but what about the Lakers? And it's like, eh, 
we'll see. Anyway, we'll talk about the finals or the Nuggets making the champ- winning the championship another day. We will dig in now to what's more likely. And we've got three what's more likely scenarios on tap today. A couple tied to the Raptors' plans this offseason and what happens if they do one certain thing that I know a lot of Raptors fans don't want to see them do. We've also got a head coaching-related one we'll get to as well. But let's begin with... What's more likely situation? Number one, the Toronto Raptors return all six of their core players, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, Yaka Pertle, Gary Trent Jr., or return three or fewer. I think the most likely outcome here is like four or five of them are back, but this is what the game's all about. We got to take those extremes. If you're picking between these two extreme outcomes, Jamar, where are you landing? How many Raptors uh, core guys are being back? Six or three or less? I would also lean towards a push if I had the option, but that's not how the game works. That is not. I am the the, the game master over here. You have to just uh, just kowtow to my whims and demands. So pick one. So <laughs> I would lean closer to them returning the core as opposed to blowing it up and having three or less mm-hmm. since I have to pick. Um I think maybe I know Masai tends to be very patient when it comes to roster, and and I know when the last time the Raptors changed coach, they also changed pretty much their whole core almost. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think there'd be as much of a change. Like I said, I I I would think four or five, but yeah, I, I don't think it'll be three. So let me go with returning to the core. Yeah, I I think if you asked me this question before the draft lottery, I would have said they're like almost certainly bringing back at least five of these guys. I do wonder if Portland moving up, as we talked about on yesterday's yeah, show, the everyday yeah. listeners of the show will know. Um, but like we're going to be talking about Portland Raptors trade scenarios for the next month and a half, I'm sure. Actually, on tomorrow's show, Mike Richmond of Lockdown Blazers will be along as I will pitch him the trade that I proposed yesterday on the podcast of uh, Pascal to the Blazers for Anthony Simons, Nasir Little, and the number three overall pick. Um, that, of course, is contingent upon the Hornets hornetsing and not taking Scoot Henderson at two and Scoot falling to three. I feel like the Raptors do that in order to get Scoot as like their franchise point guard going forward. I don't think you do that for a Brandon Miller or another sort of project forward type as the Raptors have had plenty of those in the past and you don't really need that so i think for me the blazers thing makes this a little bit more interesting and honestly i don't see a world in which all six of these guys are back i think there's a very real chance gary trent jr just kind of walks um and the raptors are fine with that ultimately because ultimately his to use the word ultimately twice in one sentence and now a third time um (laughs) you know at the end of the day i think gary trent jr's skill set while valuable on this team is probably the easiest type of skill set to go and replicate and find somewhere else considering all he really does is shoot threes and get steals sometimes. He doesn't do a ton in terms of on-ball creation. He's not an incredible on-ball defender. He's not going to run pick and rolls for you or anything like that. He's got his limitations. He can't get to the rim, all of that. I feel like you can find that type of player for less money than Gary Trent Jr. is going to ask for, and so they very well could just let him walk and be all right with it. Fred Van Vliet, I mean, there's, there's a lot of really interesting potential landing spots for him, in particular 
I think the Spurs now are like a really stealthy candidate to be like, all right, let's get an adult to help shepherd along this super young team. We don't really have a point guard outside of Malachi Branham, who's maybe more of a shooting guard anyway. And they have all the cap space in the world to burn. I could totally see Fred landing there now. Um, So after the lottery results, I think it's far more likely the Raptors have a bit more of a shuffling of the decks here. How it all plays out, I have no idea. I'm not ready to predict anything just yet because I feel like Jamar... This summer is going to be absolutely chaos around the NBA, considering all the disappointed teams bowing out of the playoffs, considering the impending cap doom that's coming for a lot of teams that are over the tax, all this stuff. It's going to be a really, really chaotic summer for player movement, and I would imagine the Raptors will find themselves caught up in that somehow. And so I actually think it's more likely that three or fewer return. You can just you can, change my yeah. mind. Yeah, just <laughs> Look at me! Out. Just... <laughs> I, I kicked about. ass in debate class when I was in high school, uh, so you know. Uh. Well, the number, the number I was—if you were to give me a number without pick this or pick that, I mm-hmm. would say four. But yeah. you just convinced me to go to three. So yeah. good job. Hey, thanks, man. I mean, hey, there's three pending UFAs. If all three of them just walk and leave the Raptors holding uh, the bag, or I guess with, without a bag, I don't know, leave the Raptors standing there with their pants down, then, you know, that, that this question's answered already. But I don't think that'll happen. I would imagine Yak's back. I would imagine they're going to try to convince Fred to stick around, but maybe that doesn't seem possible. And if Fred is tele- telegraphing he's not going to be around, I think that even makes it more likely they go try to swing a big trade where maybe Pascal is used as the vehicle by which you get your next sort of lead guard again these are heavy decisions they're not just things that the Raptors front office is going to throw around willy-nilly and just sort of do for the sake of doing but this is a summer where every team is going to kind of be in high gear transaction mode and I feel like the Raptors are probably going to find themselves right in that mix Um, of these six guys if you had to if, if we're saying that three come back let's just give that number who are the three most likely to return in your eyes think the three that we really haven't talked that much about which would be og scotty and uh who am i missing we talked yak red yeah probably yeah yeah i would say those three yeah i think yak is uh you know you're gonna want to keep him right you gave up a first round pick to get him uh right. you know i made the argument that if you were to get super duper lucky and get victor in the draft lottery you make your peace with him walking in the sort of sunk cost that was that trade because you got Wembenyama and you don't really care um but barring that which didn't happen you're now looking at i think yak's got to be the answer and frankly you look around the league there's not a lot of teams i think that um even like a yak sign-in trade would make sense for a lot of teams are kind of set at the center position and so um mm-hmm. they're not there wouldn't be a massive market for yak around the league i don't think either just considering the state of the position around the other 29 teams so that's where we're at uh we're gonna come back on the other side get into the idea you know we just said it's more likely that they return only three of these guys but what if they do run it back and five or six are back next year what happens where do they sit in the eastern conference we'll get to that in just one second before we dive in there let me tell you about the wonderful ebay motors when you're building a championship team everything is about making sure every player is a perfect fit it's the same when it comes to your vehicle every part needs to fit just right so the next time you need parts and accessories head to ebay motors with the ebay guaranteed fit you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or your money back because just like in sports confidence is the name of the game when you shop on ebay motors and with over 120 
22 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we continue on here. Your first listen of the day, digging into some what's more likely scenarios for your Toronto Raptors. Before we get to number two, just a reminder, uh, tomorrow on the show, Mike Richmond of Lockdown Blazers will be along for a little crossover action as we talk about Raptors, Blazers, potential trade matches going into what should be a very chaotic and hectic next six weeks or so before the NBA draft. Uh, also, if you want, go listen to yesterday's show as I kind of laid out the pitch to the Blazers to make a trade for Pascal Siakam in exchange for that number three pick contingent upon Scoot Henderson falling to three. Uh, so go do that. Let's dive in now, Jamar, to what's more likely situation number two. And that is, in the world where the Raptors bring everyone back, or close to everyone back, maybe let's say everyone but Gary, for example, they kind of run it back status quo. They have their 13th pick. They add to the coffers. You get the development of Christian Coloco. Scotty Barnes maybe takes a step. Precious Achua maybe gets back on track. What's more likely? The Raptors more or less run it back. Are they more likely to finish in the top six in the Eastern Conference or miss the playoffs entirely? Jamar, where do you come down on this one? I would say they would find themselves in the play-in again. Mm-hmm. Look at me, the magic of my my, my question asking. I've, I've, I've solved the formula. <laughs> <laughs> they would find themselves in the play-in again, and I'll give them the final playoff spot <laughs> if, if, hey. they, if they win it back. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I'm, I'm more asking, have... I'm more asking, sort of with the idea that the play-ins maybe the most likely outcome here anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, like top six or completely out, I guess is kind of the two ends of the spectrum I'm looking at here. Right. Well, I would, I would lean closer to completely out. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they have issues to fix regarding a bench. I don't know what type of style they're going to play. They always, well, with Nurse, they've always seemed to have the worst injury luck, mm-hmm. missing uh, core guys missing plenty of time. I don't know if that changes with a different philosophy, but there's so many question marks right now. I couldn't give them a top six spot. So I'll go the, mm-hmm. I'll lead the other way with that. But yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, there are. I wonder if there's another trade deadline where the Raptors are buyers because mm. um, two play-in teams are still kicking in the playoffs right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of them is up in their conference final series being Miami. So I wonder if that inspires someone like beside me, like, see, we could do that too type of thing. So <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure how the fan base would feel about that. But yeah. Oh, I'm sure the, they'd react very calmly <laughs> and normally, for sure. So, but for the fun <laughs> of this question, I, I would say if they run it back, they're more likely to miss the playoffs. Interesting. So you got to look at like the state of the East. Play. I'm not sure. I, I think ultimately like seven or eight in the East is probably what they'd end up in. You know, it's hard. We've seen this team be very good for a sustained stretch back in 21-22 with a lot of the same players. Pascal and Scotty kind of running wild and doing their thing. Um, obviously, last year was very disappointing. That said, after they got Jakob Pertl, they were 15-11. and 11. They had the 17th best offense. Not amazing, but they were the number six defense. And I think that was real. Like, I know the schedule down the stretch, it's hard. You're playing teams that aren't really going forward or whatever, but everyone's playing the same schedule. Everyone's playing, like, the regular season schedule is inherently sort of 
hard to parse and strength of schedule is a misguided stat because each given night brings new guys resting or injuries or whatever it might be. Um, I think, you know, had you just played the full season with Yaka Pirtle, I do think they're a top six team. I think they win more than the 45 games the Nets won. I think they probably flirt with the Knicks who finished 47 and 35 if they had Yaka Pirtle the entire year in a real center, right? And so... When I think about the Nets, yes, they have like big trade potential this offseason, but they have just as much potential of not making a big trade kind of standing pad and being eh, mostly meh because they were mostly pretty bad after the trades last year. As much as everyone's sure Mikel Bridges is the next coming of Paul George or whatever, uh, he was a very good player on a team that didn't win very many games down the stretch. And so I think you can expect to fall back for the Nets. I don't know what the hell is going to happen with the Sixers. <laughs> like, right, right. We'll see. The top yeah. six team that made the playoffs now, I, I wouldn't be looking at the Nets out because you know I expect growing pains there if their mm-hmm. roster are completely different. I don't I don't know what their record was after the trade of KD and Kyrie, but it had to. It be wasn't like, good. Yeah, they were yeah. They had a massive cushion, but they yeah, wasn't that, very good. Right. So that's not really the team I'll, I'll be looking at. I'm interested to see what the Hawks do for full year under yeah. Quinn Snyder. That'd probably be the be the. Uh, battle for six per se if yeah. you know we're looking at that and obviously pending what philly does but the other teams like milwaukee boston uh cleveland i would still expect them to be in the top six yeah like i would bank on milwaukee boston cleveland easily being top six teams those are three locked spots i would guess the sixers aren't trading Joel Embiid because they'll probably take that to the last dying day before you trade right. away the mvp um i, I don't understand the MVP... thing though i don't understand a playoff rep there's a report coming out uh, there was a report that came out yesterday that uh, you know the Sixers are looking to get and be more playoff reps in, like to prepare them for the playoffs better. I guess I, I, don't, I don't understand that. I yeah. don't know, man. The Sixers make no sense. They're he's weird. had they're, six they're, cracks at this, so I don't understand. Yeah, like he's had plenty of reps. They've gone poorly. Yeah. Um, and look, fairness, some of it's injury. He had a horrible stomach bug during the series against the Raptors. All that, like. I know there's caveats, and Embiid is not the sort of pumpkin he's painted to be in the playoffs, but he's also not like doing the Jokic thing where he like gets better in the playoffs, and mm-hmm. that should be noted as well. Either way, with the Sixers, like they, they could go a million different directions, and, and all sorts of horrible things could befall them. I think what's most likely is they bring back Embiid, and they're still a very clear top six playoff team that is going to lose in the second round again because that's what the Sixers do. But um, so that's four. The Knicks, I mean, they're good. I've never really like fully believed in the Knicks. Maybe I'm just like inherently uh, skeptical whenever the Knicks do something good because I know it can't last. But uh, or historically, well, they traded to... they traded a good year over a bad year. Now they're back to good. But I think <laughs> I think this is a this year was more telling than uh, 2021 because yeah. they have Jalen Brunson and that is working really well for them. Uh, yeah, Br- Brunson's Jul- legit. Yeah, he's. Now, I would call him the best player on the Knicks, not Julius Randle, who had a terrible playoff run again. But again, he was kind Can of... Can we crazy. stop putting Julius Randle on all NBA teams? God. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I hear you. He was really good in the regular season. Sure. I hear sure. you, though. Um, but it's clear at this point that Brunson's the best player on the Knicks. Mm-hmm. I hear you, though. We'll see. Yeah. It's, I mean, whatever. Uh, <laughs> the Knicks, they're they're they'll be good. They'll be in that mix for sure. They're not gonna like drop back because Brunson gives them a floor. But I don't think they're like some guaranteed stone cold lock to be a top okay. six team next year. That's fair. 
And, and so I'm trying to talk my way into the Raptors being a top six team. Obviously, the Heat are there. Maybe the Heat just hang out and be an eight seed oh, again. Yeah. And that's, they're fine with that. Well, that's because they're just two different. They're hard to parse because like they're just two different teams. They're the Miami's regular the season old ass Heat. I, I yeah. forget. I forget <laughs> that they were they were in a top six team. I forgot they're they're a freaking eight seed. So yeah, yeah, that's that's a team you would have to look for up for as well. The nice You're thing not going like, to talk me into this one though. <laughs> no, no, that's that's fair. The nice thing is I don't see any teams below them necessarily like being serious candidates to jump up. I know everyone loves the Magic. They won 34 games this year and are still very incomplete. Um, you know, maybe they get Fred Van Vliet and their whole team makes more sense. But, uh, you know, I, I don't see like a massive, you know, 10 win increase coming for the Magic next season necessarily. The, the Pacers, I think, are fine, but still have a very sort of strange roster of mostly all guards and then Miles Turner. Um, they still have some work to do there, I think. You know that they could jump up for sure. I just, I guess, I believe in some sort of delayed jump for this Raptors team, and so I don't. I think it's more likely they probably miss the playoffs because if they're in the play-in, that opens you up to single elimination weirdness and children screaming till you miss all the free throws. (laughs) But um, I do think they have a better shot at a top six seed than maybe they get credit for right now. And I ultimately come down as like they're not as bad as sort of the the conversation suggests they are. They're kind of in the same boat as like most of the league in that they're okay, not perfect, and stuff on the margins is going to be the reason why you win 40 versus 41 or 39 games um and i think there's a good chance that the stuff on the margins like not hating the coach the whole season long will lead to more wins next season and i think a jump for scotty barnes is being underrated as a thing that could raise the the sort of ceiling of the team as well obviously fit concerns still exist the and you know that that's going to be a thing but like the defense should be good they were 15 and 11 with yakup hurdle i could see them totally being a top six team next year even if maybe it's more likely they finish out of the playoffs if they run the whole thing back. Um, what would your reaction be if they just ran it all back, by the way? I know every fan has their own kind of view on what they should do this summer. If they bring everybody back or five of the six core guys back, like, will you be pissed off as a fan? Will you be like, yeah, this is kind of maybe the best course right now for a team that um, is still not like bereft of talent or anything like that? Like, well, where would you be as like a fan if they were to like, yeah, let's just like be more patient and piss everybody off by being patient? <laughs> Okay, so if this was pre-championship, because the championship really gave me a sense of calm where it's like, okay, yes, no matter what happens, I've seen them win before, so mm-hmm. I'm not losing my mind. Uh, if this was like 2017 and this was happening and they ran <laughs> it all back, I'd probably be pretty upset, but... <laughs> I'm still I still have that calm aura about me where it's like you can't really even this past season that was pretty maddening you can't really do too much to piss me off so mm-hmm. I would say that you know that's that wouldn't be my choice but I wouldn't be jumping off the walls mm-hmm. I mean for me I think I've made it pretty clear I'm fine if they exercise patience here and sort of retain their guys going to next year without all the contract stuff thing, so. yeah it wouldn't it surprise been. me it wouldn't be it'd be more of a surprise i think honestly it'd probably be more of a surprise if they bl- if they blow things up and you know mm-hmm. make a huge shakeup because that hasn't outside of the Kawhi trade that hasn't really been a thing over the last 10 years they've mm-hmm. mostly tried to build both in and make like little moves and you know try to get stronger that way and you, you, you go back to 2017, where they lose in the second round in very embarrassing fashion to the Cavs. 
And it's like, well, you got to blow this up. It's done. Kyle's a free agent. And then they did run it back. And eventually it led to very good things. If you recall, said championship that we're talking about. I still, I know this is, everyone hates when I get on this train, but like patience is the most underrated thing in the NBA. Let things play out. Give things time to breathe. It doesn't have to be the solution to your problems isn't always just trading the players. It, it, I feel like the conversation has warped to this point where that is the first blush, splush solution to anything is, well, you got to trade them, obviously. And it's fun. Look, I, I, don't, I get it. Transactions are amazing. This is like what we market in and traffic in. It's the transaction industrial complex. We love it. But ultimately, you can get into the pattern of just making trades for the sake of making trades and... I, I think there's plenty of value to just kind of giving stuff time, tweaks on the margins, and the Raptors of the last decade are the living proof that you can do this and have it lead to success. You know, well, after 2014-15, they mostly ran it back after getting swept yeah. by the Wizards. Right. No one was happy about that. But then look what happened. It germinated into something more as time went on. Yeah. And yeah. Sorry, what were you going to say? 56-win season for the yeah. very next year and got to the conference finals. But I was going to say because nurse is not there like if they just yeah. ran it back and nurse was there i think mm -hmm. everybody would be like what the hell but because 100 they yeah. are getting a new coach i think it'd be like okay they're gonna run it back with a totally different way of looking at this they're not mm -hmm. gonna just try and you know win the margins and be bad at everything else because mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> the like just we just win the possession battle, nothing else matters. Yeah. So did you know that basketball is actually about just getting the most shots up, not exactly hitting them. It's just about oh, we shot more times, we win, right? That's how it works. <laughs> so because of that, I think there'd probably be a little bit more patience than you think because they'd give the coach the new chance to see what he could do with these players. Mm -hmm. So I would say that. Yeah, and, and I keep on going back to it. Scotty Barnes exists on this roster. He's 21 years old. He has all the talent in the world. He flashes it for 12-minute stretches routinely of like, oh, this is my game now. I'm going to take this game by the horns, and we're going to win it because I've decided that it's my game, and no one can stop me because I'm a freak. But he's got to do it more. Do I think he can do that more in year three? Absolutely, I can. And like, I, I think I still really think that's being underplayed as like a, an avenue for this team to improve without outside additions or blowing it all up or whatever you want to say. Again, still very possible they make trades and, you know, depending on the nature of those trades, they might be something I'd get on board with and totally agree with, like getting the third overall pick from the Blazers if you can pull it off. Because um, that's like the opportunistic move because the Blazers are under duress trying to keep their franchise player, etc, etc. But mm -hmm. um, I also think the most likely thing here is status quo and people will be mad until they come back and it's like, oh, maybe this isn't so bad. And the rest well, of the league is still kind of sorting through all their stuff as well. It was interesting <laughs> listening to other broadcasts during the season. Mm -hmm. Other broadcasts would see the Raptors have a good first quarter, second quarter or something. And they'd be astonished, be like, how is this team why does this team have the record that they have and yeah. i heard that numerous times just listening to the other broadcasts i like doing that to get a different perspective mm -hmm. so by that and your point yeah you can make a case that if you know everything like lines up finally uh like it did in the second half of uh, last season that they could find their way back up into a, mm -hmm. a top six spot but we'll see yeah we've lingered on this question 
quite a long time. We're going to come back on the other side, round things up by taking a look at the coaching search and what might happen there before we dive in there. Though, just a reminder, Locked on Leafs is your daily Toronto Maple Leafs podcast as Mike and Dave are sifting through the wreckage that is another playoff exit for your buds. Uh, Mike and Dave are awesome. Go check out the show for free wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. It's Locked on Leafs. All right, Jamar, let's round it out here. What's more likely situation number three? It's about the head coaching search. You mentioned the idea of a new coach coming in, new ideas, fresh perspective, uh, less yelling at players and calling them out in the media, all that. Uh, And maybe that is what is the agent of change for this Raptors team if they keep the roster mostly intact. And let's get to this question. What's more likely with the coaching hire? Do you think it's more likely they hire a retread head coach who's had NBA coaching experience before as the top job, or is it a first-time NBA head coach? Do they avoid the retread course uh, of action entirely? What do you think is more likely here for the Raptors, given their current situation and the landscape of the coaching search as it stands right now? Again, very unknowable. We're not in the interviews, but we can look from the outside and draw our own conclusions, etc. Where are you at with this one? The coaching search for a, a number of teams seems to be more fun than player free agency. Free <laughs> agency the first, first time I've ever seen it. I've never seen so many open vacancies at the, at the same time. What Philly, Detroit, uh, like good open vacancies uh, too. Minus yeah, Detroit. Phoenix, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean like even Detroit's not all that bad because they got a young core and it's like up to you to mold them. Sure. But um, yeah, it's, it, it kills me. It's the first time I've seen that. So going back in Raptor history, Let's see. Nurse was a first year. Mm-hmm. Casey had coached before. I can't remember if Triano had coached before. He had uh, not had a head coaching job before. Not a head coach. Don't job. think, but Zemich, I could be wrong. Sam Mitchell did not. Kevin O'Neill did not, and that was never did again. <laughs> <laughs> I always uh, love bringing up Kevin O'Neill. Oh my god! The uh, I guess the this- Diet Coke. Yeah, this is a story, we'll take a little detour into history here for a sec to talk about everyone's favorite Kevin O'Neill. If you haven't listened to it, I had Glenn Grunwald, former Raptors GM on a podcast like five years ago, long, long time ago, way before video, we recorded it in his office. And he told this story about how during that season, the 03-04 season, after like 20 games, the NBA front like league office called Glenn Grunwald to be like, why can't you guys score more points? What's going on here? Like, is everything okay? Like, that was the degree to which those Kevin O'Neill teams, or that Ke- one Kevin O'Neill team, stunk at uh, scoring the basketball. Really, uh, the predecessor in spirit to the last couple of years of Raptors basketball. <laughs> so, and then uh, I believe Butch Carter was the first time when and he's yeah. another guy that never got another head coaching job. But basically mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say is that historically speaking, the Raptors tend to go with a guy that's never been a head coach before. Outside yeah. of uh, recent history, like over the last 20 years or so, the only guy was Wayne Casey. And, and he only even, had like a even small him, stretch, it just a right? Couple, yeah, yeah, it was like it wasn't even two years, like a year and a half in Minnesota after uh, LeCharles Sprewell had to feed his family and they were kind of like <laughs> – discombobulated it was like kg and i don't know who it's like okay uh, trenton hassle yeah it's 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 okay to leave kg we're doing nothing we're doing nothing it's okay you're you're still a loyal guy basically (laughs) the lillard conversation right now but lillard refuses to leave but anyway uh yeah because of that history i'm just gonna say they're gonna go off the grid they're not gonna go off a budenholzer or ronnie williams i know a lot of people like ronnie williams um i feel like they're gonna go with someone Who's a who would be a first timer, and mm-hmm. a lot of Raptors fans just going off Twitter would look 
for that guy to be Jerry Stackhouse, considering mm-hmm. You know, he has history with a guy like Fred or Pascal. Um, he did a good job in the G League. He's done a great he's done a good job in college. So some people have been wanting Stackhouse to be the head coach. So that would fit the mold. But it's clear that the Raptors have cast a huge net and mm-hmm. you know don't really know which way they're going to turn. And they are be, gonna probably be very patient. In this uh, coaching hiring process, I don't see any more coaches getting fired. Like the top four teams, there's no one in that top four is getting fired. So I don't think any other jobs mm-hmm. are going to open up. But yeah, I'm going. I'm leaning towards a first timer. Yeah, I think so too. I'm going to go first timer as well as the most likely here, and it's because the retreads who are out there right now. I know James Borrego's name's kind of floating around. He's you know I wouldn't say he's on the same tier as like a Bud or a Monty Williams, but like the big time retreads, Bud, Monty Williams, Doc Rivers. Like, those kind of guys feel like they're more suited towards uh, better basketball teams. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, or they would want to coach better basketball teams than the Raptors right. are currently. That said, I know this is going to, like, make a lot of people angry because it's, like, cool to hate on Mike Budenholzer and his lack of adjustments and all of that stuff. That's a problem when you get to the playoffs. The Raptors did not make the playoffs. You know what Mike Budenholzer is really good at is uh, turning teams into absolute regular season machines. And I think there's an argument to be made that Bud is worth maybe offering the job to or or having a, a good long chat with. There's all like again, I, I think what's most likely is Bud will say, I, I'm good, I'll take a year off and wait for a better job to come along. Monty Williams, I mean, he has all the incentive in the world to not work, considering he's getting paid for the next three like years. three years, like seven million bucks a year from the Suns. Um, and so you'd have to make a really compelling pitch to him. So I don't think Monty's terribly likely, even though his culture building stuff I think would fit well. Um, but Budenholzer, like, I know he's it's really, really fashionable to hate on the guy. He's won a championship. He's won coach of the year like three times. He wins 60 games simply just like as a job. Like it's just he does it all the time. He's a yeah. really good coach. And so I he can see that. A, he jumped mm. to a very midland Atlanta team. Then they won 60 the next year. That uh, dude made five dudes player of the month. Like Yeah, <laughs> the whole team got player of the month. I remember that. Kyle Corver was an all-star. Hell yeah, uh, he was. Yeah. And then um Milwaukee was kind of like a middling team under I fear, it's, Jason I Kidd. They were Jason ruined Kidd. by Jason They're Kidd. They're like a seven seed, six seed, a seven seed. They're always around 500, and they get mm-hmm. a bud, and they go up to a 60 win team that the Raptors ended up beating in that conference finals. But they went, they jumped Never from like, <laughs> jumping from 40 to 60 is a pretty damn big jump. So yeah, he is a regular season machine. So yeah, yeah. you make a point there. I don't, I don't hate the idea of Bud, but I do think it's going to be a first-timer. I think it'll be, you know, one of the Chris Quinns or Jordy Fernandez or way. Sergio Scariolo, even, um, who they've uh, apparently gone overseas to interview. So uh, I would bet first-timer, but considering the need for someone who can kind of reset the culture and kind of get everybody swimming in the same direction, as it were, I don't think it's crazy to suggest that they could go for one of those sort of big ticket names. They have all the money in the world. It's MLSE. Like, they're they're very, very wealthy. Um, they could do it if they wanted to and drop $10 million on Mike Budenholzer's uh, table or whatever. But I would guess it'll be a first-timer. But uh, fascinating stuff. I just want them to hire the coach, Jamar. I, I feel like I know it's not been all that long, really, since mm-hmm. they fired Nick Nurse, but it feels like it's been like three months of just thinking about random embodied names on tweets and uh i would like a little bit more of a resolution as to who the hell is going to be coaching this team i would imagine that's going to come soon with the draft process now ratcheting up 
with that, we're going to leave it there, man. Thanks so much for jumping on the show again. Do you have anything you'd like to promote for the good people out there? Uh, the only thing would probably be the article I talked about where the Raptors have been. I mean, uh, best Raptor for each number. Uh, Hell yeah. I would think I would drop that probably sometime between the gap between the conference finals and the finals. That would be my guess. So that would probably be before uh, the next time I'm on the show. So other than that, just follow me, Jamar Hines, J. I mean, Jamar PH. Jesus, I don't even know. (laughs) Jamar BH. It's on the screen for those. I'm pointing the wrong way again. If you're watching on the video, you can see the the thing. That That was Jamar BH. Radio guys, but yeah. <laughs> uh that will do it. Uh thanks again, Jamar, for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for tuning into the show and supporting. Thanks for joining the Discord community. Super fun in there. Love interacting with the listeners of the show. If you want to interact with me and all the other sickos who tune into the show every day, jump on into the Locked On Raptors Discord. It's popping off in the last couple of days with all sorts of fake trades and off-season imaginings and all of that. So come on, hang out. The link is in the description. As always, uh support the show for free by subscribing on YouTube or get your podcast on the audio feeds follow on instagram at lockdown raptors and uh go also check out for your second listen of the day today go listen to lockdown bucks i joined our pal kane Pittman yesterday to talk about why nick nurse might actually be the perfect coach for the milwaukee bucks at their current juncture as a franchise so go check that wait, out wait 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 what? so <laughs> there could be a possibility where a milwaukee versus toronto and nick nurse and bud that would be weird. Anyway, yeah, I, I can't remember. It might have been our pal Camouflage on Twitter who posted the the clip from Mother Lover, uh, the wonderful Lonely Island Justin Timberlake song where they talk about pulling a switcheroo. Uh, yes, uh, I'm looking at it right now. Shout out Camouflage on Twitter for, for that. Uh, the Mike Budenholzer, Nick Nurse switcheroo. Just go... F- you can scroll on my Twitter if you're very confused by the reference. Uh, shout out Mother Lover, the greatest song of all time. We're going to leave it there. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will talk to you on Friday with Mike Richmond of Locked On Blazers to talk about fake trades. Until then, thanks so much. Thanks for hanging. Bye-bye.